Amen. Thank you, Dave, for doing that. Bless you, brother. Levi, he did pretty good, didn't he? That's right. Amen. Well, good to see all of you here tonight. If you have your Bibles, find your place again in Philippians chapter 4. And we'll go to the Lord in prayer here in just a moment. And uh, we finish up. Uh, so here we are at the, in the dog days of summer. And we're about to uh, send everyone back to school. And we'll be back on a regular schedule starting next Wednesday night. And we'll be starting a, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, doing some work in uh, the life of Moses. And I hope if you can, you'll join me. Moses, a man who heard from God. And uh, I'm looking forward to our time together. It's always good to see all of you. May the Lord bless you. And I hope that you had a, uh, a good day. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy in our lives. And we thank you. Thank you for Brother Dave sharing with us tonight. We appreciate him so much. And we thank you for all the Clutonatis. We thank you for the blessing they are to our church and to us all. We lift up our pray, our name, our, we lift up your name tonight in praise, and we also honor and glorify you for all that you've done for us, Lord Jesus. We, where would we be? There's none like you, as Brother Dave just led us to sing. There's none like you. In your majesty and glory, we thank you, Lord, for all that you do. So tonight, Lord, we come in the midst of a world spinning and uh, churning away. Oh, the wickedness of man is great and the pride of man is great. And uh, how we pray for those like ourselves as we go out to share the gospel that those who would hear your word would respond and be saved. We thank you for those who shared the gospel with us once upon a time. May we be faithful to do it now in our generation and to our own children and children's children. We pray for that one person that you've put on our heart tonight. We pray for them tonight that you might do your work in their life and that they might come to know the glory and the joy of walking with Jesus Christ and having a life filled with the Spirit and the joy of knowing you. What a blessing it is. We pray tonight, Lord, for them, whatever their condition, if they're lost, we pray that they might be saved, they might come to know Christ. If they're away, if they've gone back to carnality and they're living in a backslidden condition, we pray that they might repent of their sins. We pray for those who are bitter and angry and living in the bitterness and angry of the bitterness and anger of the past, uh, in their bondage to it, we pray that you might set them free and that they might again see the joy of forgiveness and loving others and serving Jesus in the days that we have. We know that today, another day is about to end in our life. We'll never have this day again. Teach us to number our days that we might honor you and glorify you. We don't know how many days we have, but you've given them to us. May we use them to glorify your name. Bless now our time as we study your word, and we thank you for the opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want us to come back to Philippians 4. I want to pick up a phrase. Tonight I want to talk about the riches of his glory. The riches of his glory. Uh, my focus tonight is very simple. Believers live on the riches 
of Jesus Christ. Believers live on the riches of Jesus Christ. And I want to talk about that and what that means tonight. Let's go back and read it in its context. To those of you who've been with me as we studied the book of Philippians, we were uh, last week finishing up and we, uh, we talked about this wonderful blessing of how uh, uh, Paul learned how to be uh, content in all of his circumstances. In fact, let's just, uh, for the sake of getting this back in our minds, let's start back in verse 10 and we'll just look at this context again. He says to the Philippian church, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Verse 11, not that I speak from want or from need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how, verse 12, to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity in any and every circumstance. I have learned, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. What's the secret? What did he learn? 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. You yourselves also know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. But I have received everything in full and have abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma and an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. So how does Paul turn it? Well, it's the thing we talked about last week. The, God blesses those who bless his people. So here we see it. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Very familiar verse, knowing who's here tonight. Uh, you, perhaps like me, memorized Philippians 4.19. There are some great verses in the book of Philippians, aren't there? I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. And we could look at some others in uh, chapter 1, 121. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Uh, and they go on. But I want us to look at this phrase uh, that God will supply all of your needs according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. That's the phrase. There is something very important in this truth, and I've, I want to expand on it because I think that we often, uh, we, we, we have the wrong view of riches. Uh, there is this very important matter of having, a, having um, in your own life uh, the riches of Christ and experiencing the riches of your soul the riches of your soul. Sadly tonight, some, some people are not living on the riches of Christ. 
They're trying to figure out how to gain satisfaction on their own. I put also with this 2 Corinthians 8, 9, because it is, is actually a very, a very good passage. For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that uh, though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, so that you, through His poverty, please notice, might become rich. So here we talk about this glorious truth of spiritual riches and the blessing of being spiritually rich. Having our souls enriched with the glorious riches of Jesus Christ. This is why Paul says, uh, you're in Philippians 4, your Bible may be like mine, it's close by. Uh, that's why uh, Paul's words in Colossians uh, three, I've mentioned this to you numerous times, uh, Colossians 3, 1. This is our mindset as a believer. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above. Keep seeking the things above. Seek the things above. What are you seeking tonight, my brothers and sisters? What are you seeking tonight? What are you wearing yourself out to do? What are you getting up in the morning and going to bed at night, driving yourself for? What are you seeking to do? You know if you're wasting it on things on this world, they're going to pass away. Where are you seeking your time? Where are you investing your soul and your spiritual life? Where are you setting up treasure in heaven? Are you, what are you doing? What are you seeking? What are you seeking? Keep seeking. Keep seeking the things that are above. This isn't something for old people to start thinking about who are about to die. It's for all of God's people to think about regardless of their age. What are you seeking? You've been raised with Christ. You are united to Christ. When you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and you were saved, you experienced union with Christ. Christ is in you. You are in Christ. It's a beautiful, glorious truth. Keep seeking the things above. There's something beyond this time and space in this world where Christ is where? Seated. He's enthroned. Our Lord Jesus Christ is enthroned tonight in that glorious place above time and space, at the right hand of God, at the majesty of God, in the majesty of, of heaven, set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. I, I just sidelight, but again, if you do not practice regularly taking in God's word and you practice regularly taking in the news of the world, you'll live in imbalance. You'll live with distress. You'll live with anxiety and fear and worry. There must be balance. You must focus on what matters, what is eternal. Keep seeking things above where Christ is enthroned and seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind. There's where we set our mind. We set our mind in heaven. Not on the earth, for you've died. Your life is hidden with Christ. And so when we think about this, we remember that we are rich tonight because of the riches 
of the glory that are ours in Jesus Christ. So we need to think about this tonight. I want to give you some time to reflect on it and think about it with me. And I've given you some numerous ways to consider it. In fact, what I've done, I've done you a favor here. Uh, many of you know these various methods of Bible study. Tonight we're just doing a basic word study on how the New Testament, especially how Paul uses primarily uh, this word riches in relationship to God and especially to the Lord Jesus Christ. So we'll just look at these 13 places and remember this, through the poverty, through the, through the Lord Jesus Christ's death, we became rich. Oh, by the way, we also saw that in detail in Philippians chapter 2, didn't we? Have this attitude in you, Philippians 2, 5, which was also in Christ Jesus. He existed in the form of God. He did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. He emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross for this reason. Now this is important because it links to the, the riches of His glory. For this reason, 9 to 9, God highly exalted Him and bestowed on Him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. So believers live on the riches of Christ Jesus. You and I experience the riches of Jesus Christ in our lives every day. You are sustained by the riches of Jesus Christ. The riches of the Lord Jesus Christ start our Christian experience and sustain us in all of our circumstances tonight. It is the glory of the Lord Jesus' riches that give us our help here in this world, oh, by the way, and will continue to in eternity to experience the riches of His glory forever. This is the astounding truth of God's Word. Set your mind somewhere else. Get it out of this world. I don't know how else we can do this. I must appeal to you again and again. The place where you set your mind is the place that will lead to the emotions and feelings that you have. If this is all there is, no wonder there's despair. No wonder there's such pain. So No wonder there's such heartbreak. But we set our eyes... We set our minds, we think, we seek heaven. Paul was trying to run for heaven, as we saw earlier in Philippians. Forgetting those things that are behind and stretching for the things that are before. I have not attained, he says, glorification, but I am pursuing, I am running for heaven. I'm running for glorification. Is that the description of you tonight? Or are you just satisfied living in this miserable world? Every believer in this room must determine your condition as it relates to your mind. Spiritual mindedness is all about focusing on 
where Christ is seated, actually seated, alive, risen, glorified, eternally in that place of glory. An amazing thing for us. And we live on the riches of Christ. Well, let's get to it and look at these words for a moment. First of all, the Lord Jesus is very rich. You say, boy, that's an understatement, Pastor Mike. Well, I don't know how else to say it. He's very rich. I often think about the parallel, the beautiful type or example of Solomon. Solomon, so wealthy, so rich, the richest of all of the kings of Israel in their history. The nations and the kings came to him. Everyone came to him for his wisdom, and they just came and brought their gifts. Everyone came. What a picture of those. And the day that will come, I believe, in the millennial reign of Christ, when the kings of the earth will bow, and they will come to Israel, and they will hear and see the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you see, Solomon's riches do not compare to the eternal riches of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ, my dear friends, is very rich. He is very rich. Set your minds on things above where our Lord in His riches, His eternal, abundant, extravagant riches, He is the source of all riches. Combine all the riches of the world Combine all the riches of the world that can be measured. He is richer than it all. He is the source of all riches and He is the richest of the rich. The Lord Jesus is very rich. The Lord Jesus is very rich. We live tonight, we have connection and relation to the Lord Jesus Christ who is very rich. So Paul says in Ephesians 3.8, To me, who is the least of all the saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles. Notice, what a great word, the unfathomable. They cannot be searched out. They cannot be comprehended. This word, unfathomable, unsearchable. The depths, oh, the, the, the immensity, the massiveness we cannot search out. We can't come to the end and measure the ending of how much riches the Lord Jesus has because it never ends. It's endless riches. Endless riches. If you're thinking only of money tonight, you're missing the whole point. We'll see in just a moment what it means for God to supply our needs according to the riches in glory. A lot of people quote that when they're talking about money. Well, God will provide the money you need. What a pitiful way to read the Word of God. It's just about money? It's a verse on how to have some money? No. No, your needs are far greater than your money needs. Your needs and my needs are spiritual needs, and they are only supplied through the riches of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, 
Whatever the believer needs, God provides the riches to meet those needs in Christ. What does he say? My God will supply. There's the Greek word. It means to fill up completely where there's nothing lacking. It's full. Fill it up all the way. My God will completely fill it up. He will completely provide liberally for your needs. We saw it last week. I mentioned to you what did the Lord Jesus say about in our praying Not to worry about what you need. The Lord knows what you need before you ask. What a glorious thing to have a heavenly father. What a glorious thing to have a heavenly father who knows what you need before you ask. He knows when you need encouragement. He knows when you need forgiveness. He knows when you need strength and power. He knows when you need assurance. He knows when you need wisdom and insight. He knows when you need knowledge and understanding. He knows these things before we ask for them. So God supplies. He fills up completely according to the riches of the Lord Jesus' glory. Believers live off the riches of the person of Christ. Let's not forget, oh, the glory of the Lord Jesus Himself. He is our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification. He is our Passover. He is our bread. He is our living water. He is the source of life for us. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Paul says it also in the book of Colossians. For uh, I'll just read it to you here. In uh, Colossians 1.16, For by Him all things were created in heaven, on earth, visible, invisible. All things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. All things. He is all things to us. Oh, the vastness and the immensity and the glory of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Set your mind on that. Think about that for a while. Oh, Pastor, someone said to me, Pastor, my God, just I'm, I'm alone all the time. But you're also alone with your thoughts. So what do you do with your thoughts when you're alone? Sit there and tell yourself how sad it is you're alone and think about how alone you are. Seek the things above. It's your opportunity. Seek the things above. We're going to discover that it took Moses 40 years. Basically, being pretty much alone in a solitary place with sheep. And finally, he saw a bush that burned and was never consumed. And he heard the voice of God calling to him. Now you see, the riches of his glory make us rich. We have been made rich because of his poverty. And so we go on and we see here that the abundance of riches comes from the glory of Christ Jesus, our exalted Lord and Savior. His riches, His wealth, His abundance, they're all, my God will supply according to, according to His riches in Christ Jesus. The wealth and fullness and abundance of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul says, my, uh, he says uh, again, uh, believers experience these things in Jesus Christ. He supplies the riches that are needed for us. In Jesus Christ. And he says, 
My God will supply all your needs according to His riches in glory. Doxa is the Greek word. Majesty. The most exalted position. So when you read glory in your uh, New Testament, it's the word that describes the majesty of God and the majesty of that glorious place in heaven. Heaven is our conversation. Heaven is where your citizenship is. Heaven is where we're going for eternity. Heaven is your home. Heaven, you have come to Mount Zion, Paul said in the book of Hebrews. You have come to the heavenly place. That's where we're running. Let's get out of here. Let's run for heaven. And while we're here, let's do the work God's called us to do while we're on our journey and live off the riches of His glory. Well, what are some of these things that describe the riches of His glory? Well, we, I've given you some examples here. Just take you through some words here. Romans. Believers experience the riches of God's kindness and patience. Oh, what riches. Let me read the verse and then I'll ask you a question. Do you think lightly of the riches of His kindness and tolerance and patience? Not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance, aren't you glad that God is rich in patience with you? Aren't you glad that God is rich in tolerance with you? Aren't you glad that God is rich in kindness to you? That's riches. Oh Lord, if you'll just forgive me another time, and the Lord says, I will. The Lord says, we say to the Lord, Lord, just you have to be patient with me. I'm weak. I'm not even, the Lord says, I will. Oh, the glory of the riches of God's patience and kindness and tolerance. And the sad thing is, we who experience the riches of the Lord Jesus Christ's patience and tolerance and kindness can't even be kind and patient and tolerant with someone else. Believers experience the riches of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Well, in that great chapter in Romans 10, uh, we know that chapter. If you'll confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. That, this is, uh, Romans uh, 10 is that great chapter on being saved, but we sometimes miss these words, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all. Please notice abounding in riches for all who call on Him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Abounding in riches. Oh, the riches just keep coming. They just keep coming. It's like, oh, you financial people, it's like an unending eternal endowment. An unending eternal endowment. We live off of it. We dwell in the glory of His riches and His kindness and His grace and it just keeps coming. I experience it in the earliest days of my life when God is tolerant with me as a wicked sinner. The riches of His, the riches of His kindness and tolerance and patience with me in my wickedness. The riches and kindness and patience of God when I call upon Him and I'm saved. It was the riches of God that came to you in, in, in grace and saved you, my friend. It's the abundance of His riches poured out on us in our desperate conditions. How this ought to make us rejoice. 
We have the riches of Christ, the abounding riches of all who call on Him. When you call on Him, the abounding riches of God come to you in forgiveness and grace and salvation. Praise God. Seven, what happens when all of this takes place? It's what's happening to me. I'm about to praise God instead of teach because it's so unbelievable. Paul breaks out. He can't even contain himself as he did often. Romans 11, oh, the depths. Listen, oh, the depths of the riches. Oh, the depths of the riches. And knowledge. Excuse me. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. You want to be rich? Ask God for wisdom. He'll give it to you. You want to know God? Go to Him and He will will open your mind and your heart to the truth of God's Word. How unsearchable are His judgments and unfathomable His ways. Oh, the depths of the riches of both His wisdom and knowledge. What do I want? What do I want my children to have? What do I want my grandchildren to know? I want them to know the wisdom and knowledge of God, the inexhaustible riches and depth of the wisdom and knowledge of God. You might be here and you're an old person and you think you're pretty smart and you've got a lot of wisdom. None of us have anything to compare with the glorious riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God in Jesus Christ. You want to be rich in knowledge? Go to the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to be rich in wisdom? Go to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our wisdom. He is the truth. Believers experience the riches of grace. Oh my, I could spend the rest of the night just unwrapping the word grace and all of those graces that are given to us in knowing Jesus Christ. We are graced ones. We are graced ones, not blessed ones, graced ones. For by grace have you been saved. Anybody glad about that? Aren't you glad you didn't have to bring some kind of a sacrifice up here tonight? Aren't you glad you didn't have to come up here into the old system? Stand back, let somebody else do your praying and your interceding and Mediation for you, oh, praise God, oh, praise God for the grace of God, hallelujah. Believers experience the riches of grace through Jesus Christ, and it all started on the cross. Ephesians 1, 7, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to His rich grace, according to the riches of His grace. Oh, the riches of His grace. He forgives. He justifies. We're now no no longer condemned. He sanctifies. He does the work of of adopting us. Just think about the graces that you have. As I mentioned to you Sunday morning, I believe it with all of my heart. The grace of having the fear of God put in your heart is a grace that comes as a result of being saved. We don't fear God without being saved. Lost people don't fear God. Only saved people fear God. It's a grace. Oh, the graces that come to us through the Holy Spirit. We've been graced. 
So we have this fruit of the Spirit that starts to come out of us. Oh, the amazing riches of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about that for a while. Set your mind on that. Don't let the world set the agenda for what you think about. Let the Word of God set the agenda for what you think about. Set your mind on things above. There in that glorious place where God supplies according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Believers live with the promised riches of an, in, of an eternal inheritance as children of God. I don't know why it's such a trouble for us, but we have such trouble thinking about heaven and the reality of heaven like the reality of earth. This matter of inheritance is not a matter that we worry much. We, we don't have any trouble. In fact, many of us count on the fact that we're going to have some earthly inheritance that might be a part of uh, a blessing to us as we, uh, as we or our children or our children's children get along. We live off the inheritance. The Word of God tells us clearly that there's a promised there's a promised eternal inheritance that you have. And Paul says it this way in Ephesians 1.18. It's one of his prayers of the two in Ephesians. I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. And I'm praying the same for you tonight, my brothers and sisters. May you see what you don't see so that you will know what is the hope of His calling. Please hear the Word of God. What are, oh, may your eyes be enlightened. In a world of distraction and misery and lostness and wickedness, may you hear as God's people tonight what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. You are a sharer in the glorious inheritance given to the Lord Jesus Christ as Son of God. I don't know how we can even describe that. How can I humanly describe this unbelievable reality that I, as a child of God, share mutually in the glorious eternal inheritance of the Lord Jesus Christ as eternal Son of God. This is beyond me, but I have an inheritance. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's caused us to be born again to a living hope and to an inheritance reserved for you in heaven. Isn't that the way Peter said it? It's waiting for you. Well, I think I'd rather stay in Dixon County. Okay. Believers will experience the riches of God's grace in Christ for eternity. So that in the ages to come, oh, wait a minute, ages to come. This is the last of days here. It's drawing to a conclusion. The day is near. The day is near. It is drawing to a conclusion, but there will be ages to come and ages and ages, and ages and eternal ages. He will show the surpassing riches of His grace 
in kindness to us in Christ Jesus for all eternity, God will display to you and to me the surpassing riches. They'll never end. The ceaseless, unending riches of the grace of God will be yours in the glory of heaven without end. Without end. And believers experience the power of the Spirit from the riches of Christ's glory. That He would in His second prayer to the church grant according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man. That's something I need here. I need strength to say no to sin. I need strength to discipline myself. I need strength to walk with God. I need strength to be a witness for Christ. I need strength to resist the devil and stand my ground with the armor on. I need the power of God. I mentioned it in the noonday uh, Bible study that I did this, 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 uh, at noon today uh, from Paul there in 2 Timothy. God has not given us a spirit of timidity. God has given us a spirit of love and power and self-control. Self-discipline. That's the power we need, and it comes from the riches of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Believers experience the riches of hope, of the hope of glory because Christ lives in them. There, here's this famous verse, many of you know it. Christ in you. Christ in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ is in me. Christ is in you, if you're a believer. And because of that, there's a hope of glory, the hope of experiencing the majestic place, living in heaven and the glory of it. And then believers experience the riches of full assurance of understanding and true knowledge in Christ. And what does Paul say in Colossians 2? That their hearts, this is his prayer for the Colossian church, a part of it, that the hearts of the church would be encouraged, having been knitted together in love, but that's not all we need. We do need to love one another in the church and be knitted together in love. What a great word, knitted together. Knitted together in love. All these variant types of people knitted together. How wonderful it is that in the grace of God, He knits us together. It's an amazing thought. But... He knits us together in love and that their hearts would be encouraged by attaining to all the wealth, all the wealth that comes from, look, there's great wealth in what I'm about to say here, full assurance of understanding. You know what that means? That means when you live in this world and it's all coming apart around you and everybody's screaming and yelling and living in chaos you're sitting there like Noah, secure in the ark. Can you imagine the sounds of those beating on the doors once God shut the door and the waters started to rise? There's Noah. There you are. There I am in the world. In this world filled with all kinds of opinions and hatefulness and godlessness, Full assurance of understanding. Oh, the wealth of full assurance of understanding. 
resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery. What is the true knowledge of God's mystery? It is knowing Jesus Christ. How much do you think about the Lord Jesus Christ in His person and in His work and in His riches and glory? Well, the riches of Christ, now you get a preacher's outline here at the end. Here you go. The riches of Christ are incomparable riches. The riches of Christ are inexhaustible riches. You, there's nothing you can compare the riches of Christ to. There's nothing. I don't care how rich anybody is on this world. There's, they, have no, they have no comparison to the riches of the Lord Jesus Christ. Incomparable. The Lord Jesus is very rich. Inexhaustible. You can't draw upon the riches of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and exhaust them. And we all, by the way, we're all, all of God's people all across the planet in every generation, in all of these years, we've drawn upon the inexhaustible riches of the glory of Christ, and there's more, and there's more, and there's more. And those who are on the earth are drawing on the riches of the glory of Jesus Christ, and those in heaven continue to draw on the riches of the glory. It's inexhaustible. We'll never end. That's what you should think about. Not, well, am I going to have enough in my account to make it till I'm old, or will the government have to give me some more money? What in the world? What in the world? Where are we? It's soul-satisfying riches. You will discover when you draw upon the riches of the Lord Jesus Christ that it satisfies your soul. You will say... Like our song, it is well with my soul. I am satisfied. I am satisfied with Jesus. You remember that old song? I'm satisfied. Are you, are you satisfied tonight? Well, apparently you haven't drawn on the riches of the Lord Jesus Christ if you're living in dissatisfaction tonight. The riches of Christ are unsearchable and they are eternally durable. Praise God. There's no moth, there's no rust, there's no decay. The riches of the Lord Jesus Christ endure eternally. They are eternally durable. Well, the richer the soul is in grace, are you listening? The greater the joy and comfort. If you're rich in your soul, you will experience great joy and comfort. I mean, if you're rich, what do you worry about, right? Except that somebody's going to steal all your stuff. That's the way it is on the earth. But this is different. This is different. When there is richness in your soul, my friend, when you experience the richness of the soul in the riches of Christ, you have great joy and comfort. Why do you worry about anything when you have so many riches to draw on? And one who will give you what you need when you need it. That's why Paul was teaching us this indifference to our conditions. 
This is what I continue to speak with our people about and talk to my own heart about. Why am I troubled by my conditions? If you are focusing on your conditions, you're focusing on the earth. Focus your mind on things above, the riches of the glory of Christ. If you have the riches of Christ and they are given to you as, you're, as they're needed, why do you worry? It's because we don't think right. We don't set our minds on these things. We get distracted by the world. The riches of the soul and grace give us greater strength to endure our trials. Well, if I'm going to have the riches of God to help me sustain myself in my troubles, what trial can come that I cannot bear? I mentioned to you last week Adoniram Judson in Burma as the missionary. For eight, seven, eight years, he was there. It was a different time. There was no internet. There was no jet travel. It was all by ships. He went alone. He went with his family. His wife dies. He, there he sits in a rocking chair, burying her in the grave. There he sat and buried another wife sitting by her grave. And he buried three children there. But then God did a great work in Burma because of the commitment of this missionary to go. Well, you see, if I know that I have the riches of the Lord Jesus Christ, the riches of His glory to supply all my needs, what am I afraid to do? We live fearlessly. We go for God. And living by faith produces riches for the soul. You see, how do I make this transaction? How do I gain these riches? You walk by faith. You ask God for what you need. You speak with Him in prayer. And you trust God to give you what you need. Have you ever told your kids, that's enough. That's all I'm giving you. That's all you need. Have you ever had to say that? I want another ice cream. I want another. I want. That's all you need. That's all you're getting. Hear the Lord. You've been asking. And the Lord's saying, I'll give you what you need. But you must trust me. My God will supply all your needs according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. But I must add, in my last moment here, what the Lord Jesus said, our, our wonderful Lord Jesus said to us as one of the first statements of walking as a disciple. It's a blessing to you. Are you listening? It's there on your paper. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Why are they blessed? For they shall be filled. They'll be supplied. Is that good news to anybody here tonight? Well, go and be filled, my brothers and sisters. And set your minds on the riches that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a, an old uh, letter from a, a dear woman who wrote to her family, Christ's riches are absolutely unsearchable. A mine, M-I-N-E, a mine that we can never bottom to eternity. We shall see more and more of His glory as we pass on towards perfection. And oh, 
the wonderful grace that is to be brought unto us at our Lord's next appearing, which will be the revelation of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this great truth of Paul's. My God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. God bless you for being here tonight. Say hello to somebody on your way out. Hope you'll be here Sunday as we continue to talk together about our families as for me and my house. Have a great evening. God bless you. Say hello to somebody on your way out. Those of you who are listening to us tonight, God bless you. We miss you. Hope you'll be back. See you next, see you Sunday.